Welcome to episode 12 of How About Them Huskies. I'm Connor. I'm joined today with Matt, Andrew, and Matt. And probably a quick episode today. We're going to just be previewing the Villanova game. One of the biggest games of the season so far. Every year, I think, now we're back in the Big East. The Nova game will be one of the biggest games we play. And UConn, they're still ranked number two earlier today. The polls came out still behind Purdue. The voting didn't really change there. And Villanova, they're kind of struggling this year, but they're hot as of late. They're 7-5 and five overall, but they're, they've won their past five games. And most of their losses, they came, they were missing one of their better players. We'll get into that later. And we'll just start with previewing the UConn side. We'll each choose a player to watch. Uh, Sark, you want to go first? Yeah, so my player to watch in this one's going to be Donovan Klingon because um, there's an obvious size disadvantage for um, Villanova in this one. I think their biggest player, their biggest inside threat is going to be Eric Dixon, who's about 6'8", and he's about 240. So he's not a huge dude, and he's a strong guy, don't get me wrong, but he could guard Sonogo maybe, and he'll even have some trouble doing that. But I think when Donovan Klingon gets out there, He'll obviously be the biggest guy out on the court and he could really make his presence felt because he'll be towering over everyone else out there. And uh, hopefully he could be a big presence inside for us because uh, Sonogo might get tired dealing with uh, some of the stronger guys they got out there. Yeah, for sure. You look at Klingon, there's been some games he's gone off, like the Florida game comes to mind. There's also some other games where he's pretty much been non-existent, playing only 10, 11 minutes off the bench because Sonogo's playing so well. I think this will be a game that will be a decent balance between the two. And my player to watch, I think it's got to be Tristan Newton. You look at our point guard, Newton, you look at their point guard situation, they have Mark Armstrong and uh, Chris Archidiakono. It's a good name, Archidiakono, in the Villanova lore, but Chris isn't quite the player his brother Ryan is. I think Newton, he has a size advantage over both of them. And with Mark Armstrong, they both started past the last game against St. John's, but Armstrong's just a freshman, and like I mentioned, Archidiakono's not the greatest player. So I think Newton should take advantage of that. He has the size advantage. He has the experience. I think he should have a great game. Andrew, who's your player to watch for this? I'm going to go with Andre Jackson because, you know, he's kind of warming up still since his injury. He hasn't like really gone off yet. I mean, this crowd, this is going to be a fun crowd to be a part of. I mean, all four of us are going to be at this game Wednesday night, and it's going to be a really fun crowd to be a part of. You know, Jackson is a guy who can really take advantage of really bad defense and come off screens, even nail the three. And I think he's going to catch Villanova off guard because they'll probably leave him open. I would assume that they're going to end up doubling Sonogo down low um, and then have a man pretty close to Hawkins and Caravan. But they probably are going to forget like about people like Andre Jackson and Tristan Newton. And Connor pointed out Newton, so I'm going to go with Jackson for this one. And I know, Connor, you chose uh, Klingon. I'm going to go to the opposite side of that. I'm going to say Sonogo. Uh, I feel like this is a very big game for Sonogo. He has a very big matchup coming up. Eric Dixon, not a slouch himself. Very great player. He's averaging 16-6 and six right now. Uh, Sonogo, in these bigger games, the games where – you know, he knows that a lot of people are watching. He either shows up and is the best player on the court, or sometimes he can tend to fade away. I miss a lot of shots inside, and, you know, you won't you won't see as much of him. But I have a pretty good feeling about Sonogo coming to this game. Uh, very seasoned as throughout the season. I have a feeling he'll hit more than one three-point shot. Uh, I feel like that might give it to him. 
So yeah, I'm gonna go with Sinogo. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say he has above twenty this game, twenty eight, twenty six upwards. Yeah, definitely. Like you mentioned Dixon. He he had he had a solid game against this last year. I believe the game in Philly. He had I don't have the numbers in front of me. He had a very good game. And then the other two games, he really didn't do much. So you don't know what you're getting with him, but he's a big body. He's not the tallest, kind of similar build to Sonogo. I think Dixon actually might be a little shorter. They both can shoot the three ball a little bit. But I like the matchup for Adama. Like you mentioned, Matt, I think he will have a big game, as he usually does. And I'm looking forward to see it. Yeah, Eric Dixon has a really well-rounded game, and he's one of the better players in the Big East. But we have the size to um, play pretty good defense on him. We're a good matchup for him. All right, I think we're going to move on now. We're each going to choose a Villanova player since this is one of the bigger games. We're going to preview the opponent a little more. And, Sark, you want to kick us off with that? I know you had a guy in mind. Oh, yeah. Um, My guy to watch is going to be Cam Whitmore, who I was just telling you guys about this before the show. He really, really interests me because he was out for the first – he was out for, I think it was like five, six weeks with a broken thumb. And he hasn't practiced much with this team. He hasn't played much with this team. And he came back. And since he's come back, they've been 5-0. and So that just shows how important he is to this team. And he hasn't even found his rhythm yet. And he's a guy who he was the number 13 national recruit, and that's according to 247 Sports. And he's projected on NBA.com to go number five in the next draft. And he's super important to this team. He's an absolute freak athlete. Um Super strong for a freshman, super, super strong inside. And he could shoot a little bit. He's just a good ball player. He can make tough shots. He could really score it. And he hasn't found his rhythm. Like I said, he's not shooting the ball very well at all this year. And I'm just going to hope he doesn't find his rhythm against us because he's one of the more talented guys, not just the Big East and the NCAA. Like I'm telling you, this guy's going to be an NBA player very soon. He'll get drafted high. So that's my player to watch. Uh, just like Snogo, I'm going to roll with Eric Dixon here. I uh, was just talking about him. Uh, we saw last game against Georgetown that Cutis uh, had a strong showing. Snogo showed a little, little bit of uh, cracking armor to paint. Uh, I'm curious to see how he bounces back from that against an elite big man, Cutis. Uh, I would say he's a little bit behind Dixon in development and overall you know, stature. So I, I'm going to go with uh, Eric Dixon. I'm going to go with Villanova's best guard in Caleb Daniels. Um, he really passes the ball a lot, and he's going to be a guy who, if UConn really find, falls behind in this game, he's going to guy that takes advantage of him because he can shoot the ball pretty well. He averages 15.7, and he averages the most assists on the team with three and a half. So he's going to do everything he can to try to beat UConn from the inside and out, and he's a player who can sneakily take control of this game. I mean, Hurley's probably going to guard Whitmore and Dixon pretty tight, but I mean, watch out for Daniels because he can do a lot of damage in a short amount of time. So he's for sure my guy to watch. Yeah, and Daniels, he was the sixth man last year. Nova, kind of like us towards the end of the season, ran a very small rotation, really only six guys. And he was the sixth man, but this year he's in the starting line. He's averaging around 15 points per game, having a great year. And I think the player I'm going to choose here is going to be Brandon Slater. He's a guy, it's his fifth year in the program. He's improved every year. First year, he's in double figure scoring 11.8 points per game. He's slowly in integrating the three-point three point ball into his game. He is averaging over a three-pointer made each game. And you just, you don't know what you're going to get from him. He could be a guy kind of non-existent 
offensively. He's always going to be strong defensively, but he could have a game he doesn't really score much, but he's always going to rebound well. He could also go off for 20 points any given night with his scoring ability, so it's really a wild card with him. And just the way he plays and even kind of the looks a little bit, he kind of reminds me of Villanova's Isaiah Whaley, the guy who's slowly integrating the three ball into his game, a solid defender. He's not known for scoring, but could easily give you decent points every night, just a solid role player all around. One thing I wanted to mention before we switched any topic was on ESPN. They are giving us a 92.2% chance to win this game, which to me is kind of insane. Uh, This was probably our biggest um, favor over Villanova, I'd say, ever. can't remember the last time we've been as favored going into a game. Uh, But if you look at, you know, like the team stats, it should be pretty apparent why. We averaged 12 more points than them. We allow 11 less or nine less. It's it's night and day, it seems like, this year. I'm not sure what's going on with the Wildcats, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, and it is definitely not that high a chance UConn is going to win this game. Um, Villanova, I was looking it up. All their losses are under 10 points. And like I said, they're a whole different team with Cam Whitmore out there. And they match up with us pretty well depth-wise. And they're just – it's Villanova, Okay. And I know they're struggling a little bit, but they're starting to figure it out. And I was saying you can't take this matchup lightly at all. And I'm really hoping UConn doesn't because 92% is crazy. I don't know what goes into those ESPN BPI percentages, but uh, I usually don't like looking at those because I don't know. I don't know what's going into them sometimes. I really don't. They basically don't mean anything. I mean, Florida had a 53% chance to beat us. What do we do? destroyed them so this game's not going to come easy but this UConn crowd is going to be riled up for sure but I mean like Matt said Cam Whitmore has only played five games he didn't play in that tournament he didn't play at the beginning so this seems a whole different team without them but I still do think that UConn will come out on top but not that easily definitely not going to be a blowout yeah no, I would say oh go ahead Connor go ahead I was just going to say, at the end of the day, you look at like all these numbers, like the ESPN and the Kempom spreads. If those are all computer generated stuff was accurate, it would be 40, you know, national champions. That's not going to happen. Like, I'm pretty sure I saw on Kempom we're projected to win all of our games the rest of the way. I, I find that hard to believe. It's just, it, it's good to see that these things believe in us, I guess. I'll put it that way. Like, cool. We, they think we have a 92% chance to beat Villanova. Probably more like a 65, 70, but I mean, who knows? Yeah, I was going to mention uh, uh, Villanova's last game, the five game which against St. John's. Uh, they beat them pretty badly. Uh, they beat them 78 to 63. They beat St. John's by 15 points. Uh, uh, St. John's is currently 11 and 2. They were 11 and 1 going into that game. So, probably something to look out for. If Villanova comes away with the victory in the end. Yeah, like like we mentioned a couple of times, they're seven and five, their record. They started two and five, a very rough month in November with no Cam Whitmore and no Justin Moore, who was arguably their best player last year. He tore his Achilles and I believe the Elite Eight game against Houston last year. So I also saw a side note, he is returning to practice soon, which is good for him. It's good, it's good to see him back. I don't want anyone to be injured. I'm I'm especially not especially happy, but he won't be back for our game, or at least the first one. He would he would have been back either way for our second contest, March fourth. So it's 
good to see him not there for his Villanova for, for the Villanova game, the first one, but good to see him back on the court. I like his game. I will be so heartbroken if once Villanova's fully loaded, they end up better than us after everything I said, all the uh, noise I was talking, all the noise we were all talking. I will genuinely be heartbroken. Yeah, and like one of you guys mentioned too, they don't have – all their losses are by fewer than 10. They lost at Temple, which is probably their worst loss, but Temple, they're still American Conference. They're not terrible. It's a local rival. So it's understandable they lose that first week of the year. They also lost at Michigan State, which Michigan State's not as good as we thought they were, were going to be at the beginning of the year, but they're still a solid, solid team overall. And they went 0 for 3 out in Portland in the PK, PKI, the same bracket the UConn won. So really, like we mentioned, there's no Whitmore for that. Take that with a grain of salt. They're a much better team now. They've won every game in the month of December. Some big ones in there, like we mentioned, St. John's. They beat Oklahoma. We'll call BC a big win. They beat Virginia Tech last week. We'll call that a decent win. So, yeah, you can't take them lightly, even though the record the record isn't great. And like Andrew mentioned, all of us are going to be in attendance. And that wasn't going to be the case until Matt scooped up a ticket. And I'm not sure which site he used to get it, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say use SeatGeek. And with SeatGeek, if you use code HBTH, you can save $20 off your first purchase. It really, It's really a good deal if you look at it. I mean, the Nova tickets are up there, so any, any amount of money you can save is worth it. If you want to be in the house for this one, it's going to be a thriller. The XL crowd, we'll get to that briefly. It's going to be rocking. So you really want to be there. So you see key code HBTH checkout for $20 off and go Huskies. I hope to see you guys there. And I throw, I threw on my Instagram story, just ask some questions, see, see what you guys want to know about the game. And I've got a couple of responses here. So I'll start with this one. Like I just mentioned now, uh, how loud do you think the crowd will be? Any of you guys want to chime in there? Yeah, this is going to be a fun crowd to be a part of. And now no disrespect to the Creighton game at all. I mean, I'm sure that's going to be a really fun one there at Gamble. But, I mean, Villanova and UConn go way, way back to before UConn rejoined the Big East. And this game, no matter how good each team is, I mean, last year as a 21 seed Villanova versus, nope, eight-seed eight Villanova versus 21 UConn, I believe. And, I mean, the, that UConn crowd got to Villanova so badly. It was really crazy to watch. I mean, that was my favorite game of the year last year because of the rivalry and the history that this rivalry has. You know, Creighton, we've played them five times. I'm sure it'll be cool to see that first win against them, hopefully. Hope I didn't just jinx that. But hopefully um, at Gamble. But this, this Villanova versus UConn game at XL is going to be such a fun crowd to be a part of. I can't wait to be there. I hope that I can speak on the rest of the behalf of you guys, that you guys can't wait to be there. But this crowd is going to come into a huge effect. I just hope to God Hurley doesn't get tossed out again, for the love of God. I hope he contains himself this time. Although, that would be fun to see with another uh, refs you suck chant. Yeah, I was going to say, we know how these crowds work in college basketball. The crowd has a much larger effect on a game than I would say in any other sport. College, college sports, everyone shows up. Everyone is intense. Everyone in that building is standing at certain times. Uh, in the season so far where Villanova has been struggling, 
Uh, I have a feeling that if they go down early, they won't get back up. Um, it's very difficult when you've already lost five times and you walk into an arena, uh, which we call the basketball capital of the world and which should be known as the basketball capital of the world. And turning around a season where you're already beaten up, these guys' confidence, it cannot be that high. Coming in off a five-game win streak, you know, you figure maybe it'll be up, but I, I just can't see it, especially coming in against the number two team in the country. Uh, I have a feeling the crowd will play a major factor. If they go down early, five, ten points, I, I have a feeling the game could be over within the first ten minutes. Yeah, and this crowd's going to be absolutely rocking, I feel like. Um, the classic Big East UConn atmosphere for home games is slowly coming back you just started to lose that atmosphere as we went into the American you know first year back in the Big East I think it was COVID year and it's just slowly climbing back up and at this point as the number two team in the country playing one of our biggest rivals who you know UConn fans and Villanova fans hate each other it's going to be rocking I was there last year when uh, there was a court storm I was trying to get my uh, six-year-old father to storm the court with me he didn't do it I don't think there's going to be a court storm this year, but I'm going with my father again. Maybe I could uh, get him down there this year. I think that the goal for this game should be for UConn to get the XL Center to do the classic U-C-O-N-N, UConn, UConn, UConn chant very early into the game because that's what really takes players out of it. Like, if you're playing, you just let UConn go on a huge run. Your coach calls a timeout, and you hear that chant. I know for myself, at least, I would just be – completely derailed and just like saying to myself, well, this sucks. This team is just going to absolutely destroy us now. And I think that's really what gets teams off track is that chant. And especially in a crowd where there's not going to be an empty seat in that building. Um, so I think that if UConn gets that chant going early, then should have no problem beating this Villanova team. Yeah, I was also at that game last year versus Nova. And what made it even more special with the crowd was how close the game was. Like down the stretch, there were so many big plays, that poly three. Then they got the jump ball, and then Cole hit the shot. Then Gillespie coming down, they called the charge. Every play just got – it built up, and the crowd got louder and louder. It was just phenomenal atmosphere. It's Sark, I believe. You touched on it. Like the American, we, we're starting to have – we start kind of lost that – Towards the end, like the COVID year, we had some big games. We were on a good win streak. We The Cincinnati game, the Memphis game, even the Houston game, the last home game there, Fatal senior day where we upset Houston. The crowd was starting to get, get back into it, and then we lost a year without fans. So it's good to see that all the fans are still highly invested in it, especially that we've returned to the Big East. And, yeah, the Nova crowd is going to be phenomenal. Best one of the year, I think. Even I'll call it now best one of the year, even if you go the rest of the year, Big East tournament even. I think the XL Nova is going to going to be up there. You know, the whole transfer to the American, I feel like it kind of killed off a lot of the fan base for a while. It, it wasn't as interesting. It, you weren't driven to get up and go to the games. I would always go, but, you know, year after year, the record would go you know, lower and lower below 500. And you would just want to do stuff like where it was going. Uh, I feel like we knew that year with Book Night, Patel, and whatnot, we, we were going to be back. And I feel like that's when everything kind of started. This this whole wave, like Hurley said way back, you know, they're coming. So over this whole this whole period of time, building up to now, you know, I feel like we've kind of just building upwards. You know, eventually this team's gonna pop. And I feel like this this game against Nova is the start of something special. 
Yeah, and one last thought on the crowd here. I know, Andrew, you mentioned it, Hurley getting tossed last year. I think it's time for our weekly conspiracy on how about them Huskies. I mean, last year, Hurley got tossed. Kamani Young came in and coached to the victory. And all the other times we played Nova since we came back, we lost. So Hurley has truly never defeated Villanova. So maybe I'll stop talking. I'll just, I'll just stop. That's just a thought. Yeah, and this theory has absolutely no merit to it. Um, it's, it. There's almost zero proof in this, but as a podcast that likes to conspirize, we're leaning into this, and we're going to say that Dan Hurley needs to get himself tossed out or else we don't stand a chance. And uh, hopefully he proves us wrong, but we're leaning into this. So if Dan Hurley's there coaching, I'm going to be upset until I see us in the win category as a conspirizing podcast. The entire thing is a ploy to get Kamani a job somewhere. I'm just going to leave that there. Yeah, I mean, we need to do some trial and error here. I mean, we need to see him get tossed again to see if it's truly, truly a thing. So hopefully it doesn't happen. But if it does, maybe we're in for a treat. And we have a couple more questions here, then we'll wrap up. This one, I don't know if it'll come into effect for the Villanova game quite yet, but it's the question is basically, what are the thought our thoughts on Samson, Samson Johnson and Donovan Klingon playing together? And I'll kick this one off. I mean, they're the two tallest players on the roster, the two lengthiest. It's just going to, on the defensive end especially, it's going to just cause havoc for opponents. Inside, I mean, they're not going to get any shots off. Samson, we haven't seen too much of him. We've mentioned this before, but he, I'm sure he's a great shot blocker. And we know Donovan, he's a great shot blocker. So the only thing with those two offensively, it's, I mean, we're undefeated, obviously. There's not too many concerns, but neither of them can really create their own shots like Sonogo could if he's in there. So two two big guys. It's great defensively. Offensively, I'd have some questions, but I'm we're going to get those two paired together multiple times in Big East play as the season goes on, so I'm really excited to see it. That's going to be a time where you've got to have Caravan playing small forward because neither of them are going to shoot it from outside the three-point line. I mean, yeah, it's it's going to be great for defensive. Like, if we really need defensive stops in a game, I mean, sure, put the two biggest guys out there. Both of them are pretty good shot blockers, but you're definitely going to lose a little bit of offensive production for sure. But, I mean, it's really going to come down to Hurley's decision. I mean, if you can take that, if you really just need the defensive stops and you can lose that little bit of offensive production, fine. We will see them play together. Um, I'm not sure how much, but it's definitely something that, Hurley will try, but it's it's really going to come down to his judgment call on if he can't if he's fine with losing that little bit of offensive production. I mean, so be it. I'd love to see him out there, but if he's if he if we really need points and defensive stops, and I highly doubt we'll see both of them out there at the same time. A lot of coaches love to you know throw some lineups in there sometimes to throw off another team. A lineup that I would love to see out there is just a you know, lineup entirely filled with, you know, bigger players. You know, you put Jackson at the one, you've got those two at the four and the five. You know, you can slip in Naheem at the at the two and, you know, maybe even Jordan at the three, which is ridiculous. He's a big guy. He's 6'5". You can slip Jordan to the two. You can put in uh, Caravan at the three. You know, there's a whole lot of fun options there, and I feel like you're not losing much from it. Uh, I, I love Jackson at point guard. You know, I feel like he brings the dynamic this team that we haven't had in such a long time and having Jackson out there along with two dudes above the height of 610 is just something crazy. Yeah. Going into the season, 
Jackson at point guard, obviously we'd see it. I wasn't the biggest fan of it, but as the season gone on, I'm a big fan. I mean, it's nice to have a guy out there that like a, a true, I'm not saying Jackson's not a true ball handler, but having a Diara or a Newton out there just as, just as a backup option, I think is good. But we've seen multiple times Jackson being the only true ball handler on the court and it's gone well. And we have one last question here, then we'll wrap up. It's the matchup, individual matchup you're most intrigued to see. And I'll start this one. I'm going to look at the power forwards here. I'm going to look at Caravan versus Brandon Slater. We saw last game, Caravan, he kind of struggled, especially early in the second half. He didn't play much the majority of the game after that. He was playing against a pretty athletic forward and a cook a cook. We know a cook, he's very athletic, shot blocking, can shoot the three ball. And this isn't a knock on Caravan. He's a great athlete. He's a starter on the second number two team in the country. He's a great athlete. But a guy like Slater, a fifth-year senior, who's – I think he's a great defender. He he can shoot the three balls, kind of similar to Caravan, but just the veteran experience that Slater has, I think it may cause Caravan a little bit of trouble. So I, so I hope he rebounds from the Georgetown game, but I could see this potentially being another game where there's not a lot of Caravan and they go a little smaller, especially because Nova, like we mentioned – they have a bunch of guys that are similar size, like Slater and Dixon, but they don't have a true like seven footer like we have Klingon. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, the obvious, and that's going to be um, Sonogo versus Eric Dixon, and I'm looking at that because you know you got two of the top bigs in the Big East going at it, button heads down there, two really strong big guys, and that's just getting me pumped up right now. I'm so excited to see that. Uh, you know, Eric Dixon's definitely gotten the better of us sometimes. And um, I just really, really want to see two of the better guys in the Big East battling it out. I don't mean to steal your thunder here, man. I was going to go with the same exact one and talking about it all episode. And I am very excited for it. I'm excited for Sonogo to just, you know, cement his spot as the best big man in the Big East. And we can all move on after it. I'm going to go with a guard matchup. Um, I'm not sure. I don't have Hurley's game plans in front of me, but I'm going to be really interested in seeing who guards Caleb Daniels. If I was betting money on it, I would probably say that it was going to be Jordan Hawkins. Um, but I, it's going to be really interesting to see who he puts on Daniels because Daniels is probably a top three player on this Villanova squad. Um, and he's, like I said earlier, he's really somebody who can take a game into his own hands. So whoever's guarding him has to be on their toes all night long because he's a terrific passer and can catch us off guard. If him and Slater are on the same page, we could be in for some really tough defensive things on Wednesday night. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see who guards Daniels, but I would, I would bet that it's going to be Hawkins. Yeah, and I'll briefly bounce off of that, then we'll wrap up here. It depends on what Nova does with their starting lineup. You see Whitmore, he's been back for five games. He's came off the bench all five, even though he's playing around 22, 23 minutes a game. He's still coming off the bench, and they've been starting the two point guards, like I mentioned, Armstrong and Archidiakono. So if that's the case, I think we'll see Jackson on Daniels. But I think for a majority of the game, as long as Whitmore's in there and Daniels, they're the two and the three. I think it will be Hawkins on Daniels and they'll throw Jackson on Whitmore because you just don't know Whitmore. He's argue, he's their best talent offensively, I think, even though he hasn't really – he's had great games, but he hasn't really broken out yet. 
so I think putting our best defender in Jackson on him will will definitely be the best decision. And I think that'll just about do it here for our Villanova preview. It's going to be a big game Wednesday night. We're all going to be there. If you guys see us, don't be afraid to say hi. We don't bite. At least maybe Sark might bite, but the rest of us, we don't. And, yeah, that'll that'll do it. Thanks for watching. And we'll, we'll have another episode later this week, hopefully recapping the Nova game and previewing the matchup against Xavier, who's actually ranked now number 22. So we got a top 25 matchup on Saturday in Cincinnati. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to this one versus Nova. And thanks for watching.